Well, now we turn to this morning's scripture reading. I invite you to listen for God's voice as our friend Chanel shares with us this morning's reading from the book of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. Hey guys, today's scripture reading is Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent unto me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, in the day of vacancy of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide those who mourn in Zion, to give them garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord to display the glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, now I'd like to introduce this morning's guest preacher. Today we welcome Pastor James Cogman from the Bethel United Methodist Church. Pastor James is a brand new pastor. Bethel United Methodist Church is his first full-time appointment. Pastor James has degrees from Claflin University and Yale University. He comes to Michigan from the Baltimore, Washington area. And he came to Flint at a strange and a stressful time in the life of our community. And Pastor James has been at Bethel United Methodist Church since last summer, which means he came in the middle of the pandemic, which means that even though I have Zoomed with him many times, I still haven't seen Pastor James face-to-face -face in person in all of the months that he's been serving in ministry here in Flint. And Pastor James also preached his sermon this week at a strange and stressful moment. And this last week, Pastor James had to travel back to the Baltimore, Washington area because of a family emergency. And still, he wanted to honor his commitment to share God's word and the good news of God's love with the people of Court Street United Methodist Church this morning. I'm very grateful for Pastor James's ministry here at the Bethel United Methodist Church and among us in the community in the city of Flint. I'm grateful for his willingness to record a sermon and share the good news with us even while he was on the road. And this morning, I am excited to welcome him as he prepares to share a message with the people of the Court Street United Methodist Church. This is indeed the day that the Lord has made. And let us continue in the spirit of worship and be glad in it. It is such a joy and an honor and a privilege to be with each and every one of you today. And an even greater honor to be in the midst of such amazing colleagues as we collectively have all been walking through this Lenten season. Will you all join me now in a quick word of prayer? Speak now, Holy Spirit, through your humble servant to your waiting people. Decrease me completely and hide me, hide me behind your cross so that you, O oh God, can rise up completely within me so that all hearts and all minds may be transformed for your glory and your glory alone. This we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, who is indeed the Christ and the people of God said, Amen and Amen. I will never forget the first time I heard from God. 
After finishing my freshman year of high school, my parents told me I needed to go to summer camp for a week. And since I did not find one on my own, they signed me up to attend camp at West River. Although reluctant at the time, I had no choice but to go. It was one of the best decisions ever made for me. I made a lot of friends, shared a lot of laughs, and even had a lot of fun. The most important thing that happened to me that week, though, was hearing the voice of God for myself. While walking by the river one day, I remember feeling a wide range of emotions. I sat there by the river, prayed, told God I wanted to stop feeling the wide range of emotions and that I wanted peace in my life. Then I heard God speak to me and say, I hear you. I love you. I have great plans for you. Do not worry. After that moment, my life became different. The next summer, I returned to the West River camp as a junior counselor and with a desire to preach, something I had never done before. To my surprise, at one of the nightly worship services, after a series of different events, I was called upon to give the sermon to the entire camp. I didn't have time to prepare, but the Holy Spirit gave me a message for those in attendance and comments from several persons affirmed my call to ministry. The most memorable affirmations were shared with me the day after I preached when I became sick. Had to go to the infirmary and then eventually go home early. But before leaving, the campers made a big get well card for me, which I keep still to this day. The comments on the card said such things as you are the best small group and Bible study leader I've ever had. And I hope this week serves as an affirmation of your calling. Since the experience at camp, many persons have asked me, have you ever heard from God? As I reflect over the past 10 years or so of my life, I realize I have been hearing from God for a while. I heard from God before and while going to Yale Divinity School. I heard from God when God told me to go study abroad in Argentina. Since that experience with God by the river at summer camp, I have grown a lot mentally and spiritually. Throughout my time in college, abroad and in church, multiple individuals have affirmed my call to preach as well as to be a pastor. I do not know everything that God is calling me to do, but I do know that I am called to preach and teach God's word. 
And the calling that God placed on my life over 10 years ago is a version of the charge that God gives to each and every one of us. Friends, we are all called to be in ministry for God. I'm going to say that again. We are all called to be in ministry for God. And we are all given the charge to, as agents of God, transform the world. And our call is to take up the charge that God has given to each and every one of us. And God, through Isaiah, gives us an understanding of this charge by the words that we find in the beginning of the 61st chapter. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. God through Isaiah gives us a beautiful understanding of this charge. And the first thing that God through Isaiah helps us to understand about this charge is that this charge is a call for us to first accept our anointings. It's to accept our anointing. We have to understand that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me is not a phrase that is just talked about for Isaiah. It is not something that was just talked about for Jesus. But thanks to the new life that we have entered into because of Christ's sacrifice, the spirit of the Lord God is also upon you. The spirit of the Lord God is upon James. The spirit of the Lord God is upon Jeremy. The spirit of the Lord God is upon Margaret. The spirit of the Lord God is upon Bob. The spirit of the Lord God is upon you and it is upon you for a reason. And that reason is because the Lord has anointed you. The Lord has anointed you for a purpose. The Lord has anointed you because the Lord has a plan for you. The Lord has an anointing for you, but the anointing is not for you to keep to yourself. You are anointed to something because God has a specific action plan for you in God's kingdom. For some of you, this anointing may be to preach and God is ready to birth the word and bring it forth inside of you. For some of you, it might be a call to sing or to play an instrument in your choir or your praise band. For some of you, it might be a call to teach. For some of you, it might be a call to community organizing. For some of you, it might even be a call to run for political office. A Lord is calling each and every one of you to something the Spirit of the Lord rests upon you for a reason. The anointing of God has been given to you for a reason. But we are only going to be able to accept our anointings if we can actually do the work to get out of our own ways and accept God's will in our lives over our wills. To accept the anointing of God in our lives means that we have to then decrease ourselves so that God may increase in our lives. To give up our plans for our lives in exchange for God's plan, our wills given up 
in exchange for God's wills. So the charge is for us to first accept our anointings, but the charge that we find in Isaiah that's given to us is secondly for us to proclaim the good news. Notice he says in the next part of verse one, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the broken hearted. The fact of the matter is God has called all of us and charged each and every one of us to proclaim the good news. I love to say at Bethel to some of my leaders when we talk that everybody always has at least one sermon in their pockets. And that sermon is simply the story of what God has done for them. Well, what do you mean? The story of when God woke you up when you thought that you weren't going to wake up when you went to sleep the night before. The story of how God healed your body when the doctor said there was nothing else to do. The story of how you found love and inclusion in a church home where you thought that there would never be a church that would accept you. The story about how you got accepted to school when all of the admissions recruiters said there was no way that it was going to happen. The story about how God provided increase when you were in a season of lack. Everybody has a story of what God has done for them. And the fact of the matter is every time we go and tell somebody else about the good news of what God has done in our lives, we are proclaiming the good news. Because when we proclaim the good news, we do the work to be able to spread love. When we proclaim the good news, we show the abundance of God's grace in our lives. When we proclaim the good news, we do the work to make the gospel inclusive, but also accessible to all those we come in contact with. God has given us a charge and a mandate that as we go throughout our life, we ought not keep what God has done for us. For us to ourselves. He has sent me, he has sent you to bring the good news to those who are poor in spirit, to those who are pressed, to those who are on the margins. So the charge for us is not simply to just accept our anointings and do the internal work, but it's also for us to proclaim the good news through the words that we speak. Because how many of us know that our words carry sometimes? much farther weight than the things that we have done. So the charge for us is to first accept our anointings. That's secondly for us to proclaim the good news. But God through Isaiah also shows us that the charge for us is third and lastly to bring liberty to all. Liberty to all. Notice in the last part of verse 1. It says to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners or some versions would say those who are in prison. The fact of the matter is the charge that God through Isaiah is telling us is that we are called to bring liberty to all. Liberty means freedom. Liberty means without restraint. Liberty means uninhibited. And God is saying it's not just your internal work. It's not just your words, but it is also your actions. And the charge that we have to accept and we have to understand is that God is saying, 
saying it's time for us to get outside of the four walls of the church. I'm going to say that again. It is time for us to get outside of the four walls of the church. God did not create a church that had a building. God created a church that had people that were outside in the community doing the work of God. It is time for us, even in a pandemic, even in a digital age, to do the works of Christ in the world. It is time for us to show our actions by truly tangible showing love to our neighbors as ourselves. It's time for us to bring liberty to all by fighting against oppression, fighting against racism, fighting against sexism, fighting against every ism or schism that may cause division within our world. It's time for us to bring liberty to all by going out and radically reaching those on the margins to the place where the margins seem like they never exist in the world. Bringing liberty to all means making every mountain low and bringing every valley up. Liberty to all means making the rough places smooth and plain. And bringing liberty to all means understanding that in everything that we do, we are doing work to radically reflect the radical rabbi from Nazareth whom we serve and whom we pattern our lives after in Jesus, who is indeed the Christ. So God has given all of us a charge, a charge to accept our anointings, a charge to proclaim the good news, a charge to bring liberty to all. Because as the hymn writer Charles Wesley said, a charge to keep, I have a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fitted for the sky to serve the present age. My calling, your calling, our calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. God is telling us even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of this season of reflection in Lent, it's time for us to get off of our butts. Time to take up the call and take up the charge and go and to do the works that God has called for us to do. So friends, let us accept our callings and let us take up our charge for Christ. Amen.